friends. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Layton, and thank you for joining me in our journey to hope. It is my desire through this podcast to bring you information about how to discover, sustain, or perhaps regain hope. In this episode, we will be speaking with John Mark Stevenson. John Mark is part of our ministry team here at Prattville. I've come to appreciate John Mark for several reasons. He humbly serves our Lord. He's a good husband and dad. He's dedicated to sharing the gospel of Christ to a world seeking hope. Hello, John Mark. Hey, Dave. It's good to be here. I appreciate you asking me to come on and, and can't wait to, to see what we can uh, come up with about fear and hope and, and just excited to be here. Brother, I, I always enjoy it when you and I have conversations. I, I, I walk away feeling enriched and smarter, so I appreciate it very much. All right, I've stated my thoughts about you, but uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and the ministry area that you fulfill here in Prattville. Yeah, so um, me and my family moved here. Um, uh, we're starting our third year here at Prattville. Uh, we came in, in the middle of the pandemic, which was kind of not the, the best situation, but it was a good move for us to move back here. And uh, we have started uh, our work and we have, um, we're working with the young adults here um, at Prattville. So we got from the ages of 18 to, to early 30s and, and we work with these young people and, and help them in their, their journey and help them in their Christian walk. And we're we're loving that. Um, some other things that I do here is, is I'm part of the LAZA Leader Program, so I, I, I spearhead that and, and get that going, and that is coming up again this year. So um, do that and, and, and many other things here at Prattville, but uh, I just love growing God's kingdom, and I think this church is, is doing that. Well, you know, you said you came in during the pandemic years. I, I remember the elders announcing that we were gonna hire a person in your position uh, to help with our our uh, young adult because at the time that group was not growing you know, it was holding solid but it just wasn't growing and uh, then it seemed like it took two years before we finally brought somebody on well the elders made a great choice because as I've mentioned to you before uh, I see growth in our young adult young professional age group I see probably the uh, most significant growth in the numbers of people in our congregation. But what I really get excited about is I have noticed a really um, exciting spiritual growth in that group. I see more and more of them stepping up and getting involved in ministry areas, helping out. Uh, sometimes uh, it, you see them in their own initiative doing it, and it's not just obvious uh, John Mark went in there and twisted arms and you know, these guys are stepping up, the ladies too. So I appreciate it very much. Well, okay, enough about that. Let's, uh, let's talk about what we came to talk about. Uh, I invited you to discuss with me about finding hope in a world of fear. So let's start. Uh, how do you understand or how do you define this concept of fear? Well, fear is a, is a word that um, when, when you think about it, I think, first of all, I think you got to come at it in, in a way of understanding that I believe there's, there's, a, there's a couple types or a couple uses of fear. Um, when you think of the word, I think you can think of it as a noun, uh, what that is. Um, fear is a noun is what I believe is a painful emotion or a, or a passion excited by an expectation. 
an expectation of evil or an expectation of danger. Um, so when you think about it as a noun, um, I think about it as, as this expectation of something that is, is going to happen. Um, but also an expectation uh, can be of, of, of the verb use of, of fear. Um, when you think about a verb, you think of action, you think about something happening. So I think of fear in, in the verb form is, is a feel of, of painful apprehension to an expectation or an impending fear to be afraid of, to consider, or to expect the emotions, uh, which causes an alarm. Um, so I, I think you kind of go, got to go about it as um, thinking about, okay, is my fear in the form of a noun or is it form of a verb? Okay, good. You said something, you know, fear and hope are two sides of a view of the future. Both of them. I fear something in the future. Or I hope for something in the future. I fear something now. I hope for something now. And, and I have come in my own life, uh, talking and thinking about it, to recognize that they are both a future view. Fear being the negative, hope being the positive. But fear has the tendency to diminish hope. And so that's an important thing to think about as a future. Something else that I mentioned in uh, one of my previous podcasts is uh, hopeful does not necessarily mean full of hope. And fearful does not necessarily mean full of fear, but they are uh, perhaps in the moment, at least predominant views of something. So anyway, but it, yeah, fear can rob us of hope. And yeah, want no, definitely. I think um, I think the 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 concept of fear is the effect of 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 something that has happened, um, something that we have learned, something that we have allowed to come in. Um, it's an effect of, of of a consequence of maybe of guilt or or sin or or or, or painful apprehension of. Um, something that is that has happened in our lives and and Satan does a very good job at um, causing us to believe something that isn't true um, you know first John 4 1 says the love of God cast out fear um, you see God is is not wanting us to be fearful um, I think he does want us to be fearful of God and that's a whole nother concept a little, little bit different view a little of bit fear. different yeah, fear, yeah. but the fear we're talking about is a is 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 a fear of that comes from the lies or the world that is around us that is causing us to, you know, lose the hope that we should have in, in Christ. Yeah, the, the fear that's spoken of so much in the in scripture is not necessarily the fear of of I'm afraid of something. It's that fear of I respect something. Uh, I fear electricity. Now I I, I do electrical things, right. but I have a very healthy respect for for that yes. electricity, it will bite you. Will. Okay, you know, fear is one of Satan's tools mm -hmm. against us that he uses to attack us, and so to attack us. So if he can cast doubt, then we're reluctant to do something. We're reluctant to move into that future. Good points, my brother. So we understand what fear is. It's uh, it, it freezes us sometimes. It causes us to doubt the future or our ability, and and we we. Uh, we become full of fear to the, sometimes to that point we just don't move on something 
or even flee from something. Okay, so really what uh, I want to leave our audience thinking about, encourage them, is how we overcome fear and at the same time increase our hope. So um, let, let's kind of go into that area. Okay, so I think, you know, how, you know, I think fear does affect your hope. I think, first of all, fear fear doesn't come from God, this type of fear um, that we're talking about. It, it He doesn't want us to, to be in fear. One verse that shows, I believe, that this is God's purpose is that we don't have fear comes from 2 Timothy uh, 1, verse 7. It says, for God hath not given us the spirit of, the fear, spirit of fear, but yeah. but but it says, it doesn't just stop there, but he says, but he's given us power of love and of a sound mind. So when you think of fear, your mind is racing. Your mind is racing to conclusions. Your mind is racing to the lies. Your mind is racing to what's going to happen, which is causing that fear to build up. But this verse and what um, what it is saying is that God has not given us that, So, but is what he's given is something to counteract that, which is power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, so I think I think right there is sometimes fear can affect our hope because we don't we don't believe that you know we don't believe that we have that power that love in those moments because fear is overtaking that. Yeah, um, you you said fear overtakes us, and and that one thing I've learned, and uh, I, I have talked about a very personal moment that I had. Uh, as I was in the hospital uh, fighting cancer in the very first couple of days that there was so much happening that I had no control, uh, no knowledge about what was going on other than I was in a very sick situation with, with the cancer. And all of that combined with the chemicals going into me, some mild claustrophobia, I was feeling fear and had a panic attack. and. Um, my charge nurse, and I've talked about this before, and but my charge nurse uh, sat down at, at, on the foot of the bed and we talked for a good time and, and we talked about fear. I had a problem with the fact that I was feeling fear, but I'm a man of faith. That, that doesn't seem to fit. And um, she, she talked about, and this is the point I'm trying to make about don't let fear control us. She said, you control the fear. And, and so that's, that's what we want to do. We want to identify what's causing that fear. And then we can understand what to do to work against that. And, and it, you know, she and I sat and talked for a good time and shared scriptures together. And I, I recognize that really as a turning point uh, in my battle during that period of time by remembering I am a child of God. That's right. And so I, even if the, even if the disease took my life, I'm a child of God. I win either way. That removes fear, right? And, and I think I think fear is 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 a concept that we think about. And I don't think any of us are are going to be in our lifetime. You know, we're never going to have a, a moment, or or, or, or fear is never going to be something that we I believe that we never face. But how do we overcome that fear is, is important. And I think. When we think about that, I think there's 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 things that we can set in place in our lives that allow us to overcome that and let hope increase. And I and I got a couple of things I'd like to share. Sure. Um, of of kind of in that question of how do we overcome fear, at the same time increasing our hope. 
because I think hope is is what we're looking for. Hope is what we're we're holding on to. Um, and, and and a couple of things that I think we can do to do that is um, we got to have a plan. But in that plan, I think the first thing is we have to fill our mind with God's word um, because I think that is we have what the Bible calls as a sword, right? So we have the 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 the, the the sword, uh, which is God's word to help us. Romans 15, 4 says that through the encouragement of Scripture, we have hope. Reflecting on Scriptures about God's kindness or faithfulness um, or you know love, I think those things will increase as our mind increases in Scripture and we meditate on those scriptural promises. Um, those are ways to fight back fear. Um, and when we know what the word says about the circumstances that we are in, like if you were, for the case that you were in, you were in the hospital, I know that there were probably scriptures coming to mind knowing that you were a child of God, knowing that God is going to take care of you. Um, in those moments of fear, you're able to, to fight back with those. That doesn't mean that fear is not going to creep in and you're not going to have those thoughts, but when they, when they happen, when the enemy comes in, you're not you're not just throwing that white flag up. You're you're fighting back. You know we we have to make these scriptural these scriptures. And I think one thing that I try to do is you got to make these scriptures personal. And what I mean by that is God is wanting to be intimate with each and every one of us. It's not just a book out there that that is that is not trying to. God is not just to have this this handbook and. He, he's, he's talking to us, right? So he's talking to each and every one of us. And, and that's the way God intended Scripture to be. Um, so by adding our name into these Scriptures, applying it to our lives, writing down the Word and, and putting, hey, God is talking to me through this, um, I think is a big way to do that. Um, so fighting back with Scripture. Um, but also another thing is is that, that we ask God to give us the power to do it, right? So Paul prayed for God in Romans 15, 13, the God of hope will, that that he would fill him with joy and peace and that he would trust him um, and, and that that hope would overflow. So we, we see that, that, that Paul is praying for these things. Um, and then the last thing I think that we could do, um, there's many, but one other thing is that, that we surround ourselves with people who speak hope and life. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, we, we surround ourselves with, with God's people as, you know, as we've all likely experienced at some point in our life, people, you know, in, in the world, especially the world that's going around us, people can often cast doubt and speak negative words and discourage, you know, discourage hope, right? So, but often without realizing that people are doing that, we can do that. Right, so we look at the circumstances and and don't understand that God is bigger than our circumstances. But if we surround ourselves with people that that see that in us and that can remind us, so Dave, if I'm with you and and you're struggling, I can give you hope, not because it's anything I say, but it's because I I'm giving you the the hope through what I know God is giving us through His Word, um, and we can speak hope to each other. Um, but we got to be careful. We can also speak fear to each other if if we're not, um, you know, if we're not doing the best we can at the other things about surrounding ourselves in God's word and, and allowing uh, God to work through us. So um, those three things: being in God's word, 
um, you know, asking and praying to God for 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 hope, but also surrounding um, ourselves with people. Brother, those are great words. I was taking some notes while you were speaking because uh, I see a three-point lesson right here. Yeah. Uh, God's presence in our life, and we do that through our prayer, communicating with God and, and, and presenting ourselves to God. That's that first point. The second point was God's Word. God, that's how God communicates with us uh, directly, through His Word. It's there. And, and you know, there are so many scriptures. <laughs> just, just hope is... I mean, it's it's the thing throughout Scripture. There are so many uh, Scriptures that point directly to hope, and then there's some that are indirect appointments. May not say the word hope, but you see it as a hopeful situation. Uh, so there's God's Word, and then God's family. Praise God for God's family. Uh, he, he, God knew what we needed, and right. He provided it for us. Well, I, Absolutely. I think you know. I think about situations. In, in my life um, you know even when we moved here three years ago um, my, my son had a lot of health problems um, yes and, I remember and, that and he was kind of in and out of the hospital couldn't yeah. figure out what was going on and it was just God's people um, from from all over not just here at Prattville but especially here at Prattville that, that helped us and, and encouraged us and um, the elders here you know encouraging me and um, lifting us up and, and, and just seeing what we need so I you know I, I don't it's hard for me to, to grasp how people get through tough things without God's people without an encouragement and I feel I feel sadness for people that, that don't have that um, and if you if you are a child of God and listening to this and then you're going through tough times Take advantage. Yeah, of reach, reach God's out to people. the family. Reach out because people are wanting to yes. to encourage. Um, so so just remember that that that's part of God's plan, right? So that was part of of, of, of the church being established um, so that we could lean on each other. Yeah, uh, and, and as members of God's family, we want to help. And it's not sitting there thinking, oh well, you know, I just can't do that much. I, I can't do this great big grand thing but God is seen in those small things that hug that that touch that that kind word uh, that's that maybe I can come over and take the trash out for you or maybe right. I can you know you you guys uh, several of you came over and helped us rearrange our furniture a little bit so that I had access to the things I needed in our house so you know greatly appreciated but you know, it's easy to talk about courage and everything is going well and I'm strong in my faith and man, this is great. But when life happens and it will happen, then we're assaulted on every side. Uh, threats to hope and, uh, as well as courage, they get real in those moments. And so in those deep valleys of life that all of us experience at times, we experience doubts and fears. It's just a natural reaction. And, and, and so part of that is we might experience guilt for not having enough faith. I felt that myself. And it was like, again, I'm a child of God. Why am I feeling these doubts? One of the things my nurse said to me that night was welcome to the human race because it is a natural thing. But again, we don't let it control us. We recognize it. We determine what is causing that fear. And that's what we can focus on getting help to pull out of and and fear can push out hope but hope 
pushes out fear. All right. Well, I'd like your thoughts on a, a, some verses of Scripture that uh, kind of show that relationship of fear and doubt. Again, opposite possessions on it. Um, you know, uh, John uh, 10 and 10 talks about how um, the robber comes to rob and steal, but God says, I came to give life. Yeah. And to give it abundantly, mm -hmm. not, not in a small measure. That's right. You know, life can send us uh, trouble at, at any time. And sometimes, most of the time, life sends us trouble when we're least expecting it. So, you know, life can, can hit us um, so quickly. Um, but I believe as, as believers, as, as people that believe in, in God, we, we should never be afraid of that. Um, it, it should be something that it, it, we think about and it could happen, but the kind of life God wants us to live is, is really not a passive and timid life. And we, we fall into that lie and we live so passive and timid so many times. And I fall short of that so many times that, that I'm living that, that timid life. But God says, I want you to have a life. And I want you to have it abundantly. And what I believe that I don't, you know, there's the the, the concept out there um, in in our religious world of what they call the prosperity gospel. Oh yeah. And they take this verse and and use it. Well, if your life is not abundant in finances or health or, or whatever, then you must not be in God's favor. Mm -hmm. And, and that is totally oppositely what this verse is talking about. What God is saying, I want you to live a life that is fully entrusting that I'm going to take care of you. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be trouble. John, in, later in, in his book, um, 16 verse 33, talks to his disciples and he tells them, hey, in this life you're going to have trouble. You're going to have it. It's not that it, it might happen, but you're going to have that trouble. So he says, but in those times I want you to remember the things that I taught you. I want you to remember the things that, that I mentioned, like I'm the vine and you're the branches, abide in me because I have overcome the world. Yeah. So when I think about this verse, I think about the, you know, he, he talks about the thief that comes in and destroys. He says, he can come in and destroy all he wants to, but the life that I'm going to give you, even though he does that, you're going to have it abundantly because I am with you. Yeah. You know, quality of life is something we all want. But quality of life that, and that abundant life that's there, it goes beyond this temporary physical thing because we we don't get out of life alive. And, and unfortunately, as we age or things happen, uh, health may be impacted, finances, relationships, all of those things may be impacted. Sometimes my fault. I may have made a mistake, absolutely. I've done something I shouldn't have done or allowed something to happen I shouldn't have allowed. Sometimes it's out of our control. Yes, it matters whether I can, I did something or it's beyond my control. It does matter. But the fact that as a child of God and the promise of an abundant life, that's not, uh, that, that, that's there regardless. And, and if it is something I've done that caused me to be, to be in this valley, well, stop doing it or stop being a part of it and pull out of it. If it's beyond my control, I still want to get out of it, but I also can look around and say, okay, I'm in a situation. I want to get out of it. And how can I get out of it? And what can I do while I'm in here to continue to praise and glorify God? You know, the other verse I want to speak to though, 
and, and you really touched on it well, is in Romans 8, 31, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? Praise God for that yeah, hope-filled verse. A really hope-filled verse. You know, I think Paul is calling us to, in this verse, to think and really reflect on, on, on the deep implications of what, even what he just said before this verse. So if you go back and look at what he, he talked about before this verse, he, he's, he's basically asking us a question. Um, if God is for us, who can be against us? And why he's asking that question is because of what he's said before. Um, you know, he doesn't just simply st to ask these verses, but he hurls these questions out in um, into this space where he is trying to get us to think of, okay, I've said all these things before. Now, don't you understand the God that you serve is going to be for you? God is your sovereign protector, right? So he's, he, he's the answer to that question, if God is for us, who can be against us? Paul's question is, first of all, is, is who's against us, right? So who's against us? That, that doesn't mean, suggest that, you know, if God is for us, that we're not going to have any adversaries. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you think verses 35 and 36 describes all sorts of, of different adversaries and enemies and opposition, um, his point here isn't that we're not going to have those. What his point is, is that because we have God, he uses verse 28, all things work together for our good, right? For those according, for those called according to his purpose, Um what he's saying is here that, that that if we are a child of God, the things that he mentioned are in no comparison against God. The things that are, you know, if we face in our life, health, financial crisis, um, things that are all coming to, to rob us of hope, the things that are putting fear in our life because we're fearing of, you know, what is going to happen in the future. He's saying those things do not have to rob you because if God is for us, those things have no power. Um, Paul is countering fear right here that we face. Fear of the forces that, that, that are trying to, to group together um, to, you know, maybe it's ridicule, rejection, or hostility, disdain, or, or even death, right? So, you know, talking about as we move in our lives, um, we may face things in our life that, that we're fear of death. And, and death can be a, a very fearful thing. Um, but what Paul is saying, and even in those moments, you have a God that fearfully and wonderfully made you. Um, and he's wanting you to have a hope, even to the point that death may be knocking. Um, I think of, I think of a great example here of, of fear in a, in, a, in, in a sense of, there's a there's a story in Second Chronicles chapter thirty two and it comes from King Hezekiah and and King Hezekiah made this statement um, he says be strong and courageous do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all you know that comes with him all his army it says for there is one greater with us than with them he says with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And I think about that, and I think about no matter how big the enemy, no matter how big the army, no how how afraid we may be, if we trust in God, 
Yeah. How can anything be against You know, as you were talking about that, I thought about David facing Goliath. <laughs> There's this big guy and strong and trained in war and armored up and and uh, David did not let fear overcome him because God was on his side and, and David stated that. There's gonna be consequences for things that happen in life. Yeah, Again, whether we caused them or a, a result of other that might have caused it. There's still consequences, but but hope allows us to look beyond the consequences, and and uh, we deal with them. Yes, but there's there's just so much more on the other side of it. Uh, there's another verse of scripture, and and I I understand the context of this scripture in First Corinthians 14. Paul's talking about the use, the proper use of the time of those miraculous spiritual gifts. Now, uh, understanding we don't have those miraculous spiritual gifts today, but he, he, he's talking about how they should be used and all of this, and he makes a strong point in verse 33 that God um, is a God of peace, not of confusion. Right. And, and so, again, that principle applies to the idea that fear leads to conflict and confusion and, and uh, maybe even acting out in a way that would not be expected of us. And, and our Lord, though, offers peace. And so when we keep his word and, and uh, his will in front of us, it helps. And then there was a corollary uh, verse in 1 Corinthians 7. And it's interesting... Um, the Corinthian church had a lot of conflict, no, and, and the conflict stemmed from the fact that they were not doing things or living as God intended for them to do. And it wasn't that God was punishing them for it so much as the result of that was confusion. And so God leads to peace. Doing God's will leads to peace. Uh, not confusion. And in that 1 Corinthians 7, 15, that statement again is God has called you to peace. And there he's dealing with conflict that the Corinthians were having about marriage, um, coming out of a pagan world or dealing with, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me, dealing with people that were or were not uh, Christians as well that somebody might be married to. So there were, there were quite a few things that were causing conflict at a very personal level. Mm -hmm. And Paul, in both of those examples, reminds us that God is a God of peace. So if we're not having that peace that we're feeling, um, I, again, this is a personal observation on my part, and I'm applying it to my life. If I'm not experiencing peace, then I do naturally look at saying, well, am I in God's will? Am I pursuing God's will? Yes, there's consequences. But if I'm not feeling that peace, I need to look beyond myself and the situation and the consequences and make sure that uh, I am uh, in, 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 in that relationship with God as I should be. And then the consequences are going to be there still, but we're going to be able to work through them. Right. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it all boils down to, really, um, who do we trust? I believe it when you're talking about the Corinthians, you, you start in First Corinthians and there's there's division happening and you see right. that this this Christianity <clears throat> thing is is a new concept to them because they were under the old law. They were, you know, under Judaism and, and, and coming from the old law to the to the new Jesus, you know, to, to this to this this new concept was, was, was difficult. So they were they were I guess confused in a sense. Um, because they were, they, some of them were 
have been in this for so long and now Paul is teaching them, hey, there's the, the Messiah did come and his name was Jesus and he died on the cross and you know all these transgressions were, were put on him. Um, and, you know, by his wounds you were healed. And 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 you know, he's allotted for those sins and no longer do you have to no longer do you have to follow you know these old laws to atone for your sins, but Jesus was that final atonement. So they were they were very you know I think they had some trust issues in that sense, and and I think what is happening is is Paul's trying to tell them, hey, God is not a God of confusion, but a peace. If you will just trust God, you will find peace. Um, because and here's the thing, I think with confusion comes fear, um, but the thing is, is we don't have to. To tolerate fear we don't have to believe it um, but what I think is a stem of fear is also self-will instead of God's will um, I think here I, I think a perfect example of this comes from the book of Genesis um, in the very beginning when we see Adam and Eve posing their own will uh, upon God uh, or, or, or before God's will you see they were in the garden right so God gives them everything that they ever wanted and he just told them hey I don't want you to eat of this one tree you see, he wasn't a God of confusion where he's putting a bad tree here and a bad tree here and a good tree here and a good tree here. But he said, I just have this one tree you don't want, but I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to make it as easy as possible for you. I'm going to put just that, but I'm going to surround you with trees and I'm going to surround you with so many good things that you're not even going to have to think about that bad tree. But what happens is our own will and Satan, the enemy, comes in and says, hey, um, he's trying to confuse you. Um, you know, if you eat of this tree, you could you could become like him and know everything. The knowledge of good and evil. Well, That's they right. found out. They found out what that is. But their I, will in the way. Yeah. So, I, so I think about that, and I think you know, um, you know, I think of Psalms fifty six three says, "What what time I am afraid, I will trust." And then you see, if in that moment, if Adam and Eve would have just said, "No, I'm going to trust God and what He gave me," um, and and He 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 formed me, He made me, He knows what's best. Um, I think I think that would have gone away, and, and maybe life would have been different than it is now. I don't know, but uh -huh. um, but I think that's a, a very big concept of God is not a God of confusion. He's giving us every effort to to be with Him. I mean, He gave us Jesus. Think about today if we had to live under the old law, what we would have to be doing. But He has given us Jesus, and I think that's I think that is the big, biggest peace that you could ever have. Yeah. I talked about several scriptures, but I go back to my point a few minutes ago that God's word is packed full of hope. And, and the more we read and understand it, uh, we see more and more of it um, to the point where we can say, if God is for us, who can be against us? And we recognize it's not if as in a sense of doubt, but if in a sense of confidence, God's for me, nothing can be against me. And so Paul applies the logic of that to keep it in mind. Any other thoughts there, brother? We have covered a lot of ground, but thank you. This yeah. is this has been good. Well, I, I just if, if I could leave something with everyone is is when you go throughout your day and you you face these these emotions or, or yeah, those Goliaths in our Goliaths life. in our life. <laughs> just realize that that God can can do things in your life even in the small moments think of you talked about you know David and Goliath it just took one stone 
It took one stone. Yeah. It didn't have to be something huge. You don't have to know everything about everything. It just it, it just takes trusting in God in that fear that enemy is going to be defeated. Yeah. All right. John Mark, I said as we started into this one, anytime we have a conversation, I walk away feeling better and feeling encouraged. Thank you. Uh, that's been true on this. Well, let me wrap up. All right. Well, friends, thank you for joining us together as we journey to hope. I invite you to follow this podcast so you can continue to gain insights into not only our journey to hope, but how we can help others in their journey. I invite you to contact me if you have any questions or comments, or you wish to share with me something you've experienced in your journey to hope. My email is ourjourneytohope at gmail.com. That's our journey and the number two, hope at gmail.com. I promise not to share your email or put you on some kind of mailing list. I'm simply interested in helping all of us as together we journey to hope. I look forward to sharing more with you soon. Again, thank you for listening. And until our next episode, remember, we give all glory to God our Father.